The following audio is via a Skype call. When I was going up the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. I wish I wish he'd go away. GIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. I appreciate your listening and your patience, everyone. Man, we had July 5th, and that's when we had the fizzle, trying to get this thing started. I hope it didn't happen to anyone last night. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. Hi, glad glad to meet you. Hello, we're here. We do a radio show. We've yeah. been at this for 12 years. Yeah. Not so you'd notice, but <laughs> we've been at this a while. We're absolute professionals here, right? There we are. Yeah. And we happen to be joined at the board by the omnicompetent and in no way responsible for our mishap, oh, bad boy Benny Mathers at the board. How are you, Benny? Uh, doing very well. It sounds like uh, you had a fuse that kind of went a little short there or uh, was a little lengthier, lengthier than we- expected. We were smelling the uh, ozone when when right. the uh, everything went, pssst. and that was it. That was it. All right. Well, welcome back. back. Welcome back. Happy yeah. to be back. Let yep. me ask you, Benny. Sure. Did you folks in Seattle and environs have a great July Fourth celebration? I believe so. I'll speak for everyone here. Uh, I know we did in uh, the old Mathers household, so it was pretty good. The boys and I went to uh, Lake Bourne with their mom. We saw a small little firework display. Nothing too crazy. Uh, it's close to home. We didn't battle the Seattle or Tacoma crowds, which we've done in the past. You know, for the station group, and uh, the, more than enough, amazing. Uh, we just try to keep it a little bit closer to home this year ah okay Suzanne and I with the heat index being ridiculous Ah. here on the east coast pretty much from Maine to Florida I mean it's really been something the past couple of weeks we just decided that we would stay under air conditioning and watch some fireworks on TV and uh, it was a pretty good time and we had a lovely we did go out to dinner we went to our our local uh, Australian themed chain restaurant where we had a nice time, a lovely meal, and they were so friendly there and not overly crowded on July 4th. No, most people were out barbecuing. We were in the nice, cool restaurant having a nice meal. So let me ask, were you still conveniently going, ooh, and ah, even at the TV? Uh, No. Oh, okay. No, uh-uh. No, 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 I. That's right. And I made sure that I tuned into a network where I was very unlikely to see a tank. Oh, right. No, no <laughs> tanks. That's and, and those folks got wet for some of they that, did. at least anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was very interesting weather-wise. But here we are in July 5th, and we have the opportunity to talk to a gentleman who has, and I do not exaggerate, I'm very grateful to say, a man who has become a friend not only of the show, but a friend of Suzanne's and mine and his wife, Eileen, a lovely, lovely lady. We've broken bread with them. We've gotten into some deep metaphysical conversations. And so whenever we have the opportunity, we love to bring Vincent Jenna on the air because he has so much to share that is of spiritual depth and quality. He has some mad props coming his way, and we're going to do an interview with him today. And then Suzanne and I will have details about a week from tomorrow. 
but for the moment, mad props it is. Suzanne. Vincent Chenna is a world-renowned psychic, spiritual teacher, and medium who has studied at the Arthur Finley College of Psychic and Medium Sciences in England. He earned his Bachelor of Science degree in psychology and his master's in social work. Additionally, he is also a practiced hospice care social worker, having helped over 500 Hundred patients transition through the dying process. Born and raised in New York, Vincent currently lives in Raleigh, North Carolina with his lovely wife. His website is vincentjenna.com. We'll be sure to give that out again before the end of the hour, maybe even spell it for you. But in the meantime, this is his sixth visit with us. So welcome to Manson Mitchell once again, Vincent Jenna. Oh my gosh, I'm pulling up a and I'm putting it in your house, and might as well just sleep there and take residency. And uh, I just love being on this show. You guys are family. And th- thanks for always having me back and not being bored with me. Oh, not only are we not bored, we're going to tackle something today that uh, we haven't talked about before in any depth. And Gary oh. and I were having a conversation today. There was something in the materials that we had from you from a while ago that I don't think we got into um, too much. And what it said was, why should we remember our scars? And Gary and I got into such a good conversation about remembering our scars, but you had sent some materials a long time ago that said why we should remember our scars. And um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about healing today, the healing arts. You've got your BA in psychology, so that's, you know, mental and emotional healing. You've got your master's in social work, which is like societal healing, and then in the mediumship, that is definitely healing arts. And so I wanted to get into that with you a little bit today. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Just don't touch on my scars, okay? <laughs> we all have scars. Oh, my goodness gracious, just the stars. And you, we, my goodness, we talk so deep about so much. Uh, it's like I can't believe we didn't touch on that subject yet. But you're right, we didn't go there. God. And and the and the thing that that Gary and I were discussing that I wanted you to address is that it seems as though with your background of psychology and social work that your arena that you play in is the healing of human beings. And oh, totally. you know people don't you know, what we resist persists and people do not want to look at the things that happened in their lives that caused them pain. But when you're saying we should remember our scars, we could be remembering things that have caused us physical, mental, emotional kind of pain. Why should we remember our scars? What's what's the benefit of that? Oh, my goodness, Suzanne. Yeah, see, that's such a profound question because one of the programs that I based my 36 years of research and study and experience in the metaphysical field, in the field of psychology, in the field of spirituality, it's called Stop Stopping Yourself and Become Unstoppable. And it's all about that. Most 
people have no idea what goes on in their mind, the human mind. Only 2 to 5% of the entire mind is in conscious awareness. Only 2 to 5%. That means 95 to 98% of our mind is in unawareness. So we have no idea what's going on on the inside. But we certainly would like to walk around thinking that we know what we think, we know what we believe, we know what we feel, and in actuality, Suzanne, we we don't know what we think and feel. The only way to know what is going on in our life, because we're spiritual beings, is the outcome of our life. See, back when I was just becoming a therapist, but I knew beforehand because of the spiritual awakening that I had, is that we're more than just body and mind, right? We're, we're more than just the physical element, and we're more than the psychological and emotional element. We're spirits. What does that mean? Okay, we're souls, and that sounds really nice and, and sweet and religious and gracious, and we're admitting that. But people have to understand what that truly means. It means take your mind and body and plug it into an outlet and power it up. You are attached. Every single being is attached to the force, to spirit, to God. I don't care what you want to call it out there. In Star Wars, they called it the force. And everything is connected to that, right? And every time you think and feel, you are creating and manifesting something for yourself. Okay. So people grow up, and they have their ideas for their lives, and they have their hopes and their dreams, and maybe it's, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have a family, I'm going to get a good job, and that's all wonderful to have those conscious thoughts and beliefs, but that's only at work in 2 to 5% of the mind. So what's going on below the surface? And below the surface is where we're actually connected to that force. So whatever is in your subconscious and unconscious mind is what's going to create and manifest your life. So you're going out after a partner, but you don't seem to be able to attract the right one. Every relationship you get into winds up falling apart, breaking apart, or getting sabotaged in some way, and it ends, right? Or you're, you're working, and, and you want a really decent job, and you think that you're good enough. You think you're good enough, but you can never get that promotion. You can never get that raise. You can never feel rewarded and fulfilled in, in the job that you're going after. It happens the same way with your health. Oh, man, you eat organically. You exercise every single day, and still you've got Crohn's disease and all these other ailments and injuries that occur. Or financially, you're constantly struggling, even though you're responsible, you're out there uh, getting a paycheck, but you live paycheck to paycheck. Some people don't even have a paycheck to live by. And everybody's wondering why I'm trying to do the right stuff. It's because of what's going on in the unconscious part of you, which is completely influenced by your experiences, your stories, and your your, in every injury creates a scar. And people understand, and the field of psychology 
even knew and taught people how to cope in life, that you may have some hard stories and it creates depression or it creates anxiety. So they teach you the skills to get through that. But they are again limiting the concept of being a spiritual being. And why that is so important is I don't care what you think you're healing in your conscious mind. If you are not healing your unconscious mind, if you're not healing the stars that are in there, that's where you're actually manifesting from, you are not going to be able to create the life you want. And I, like I said, my whole workshop is based on that. My research is all based on that. I even wrote a book, God, It's Not Working, that is based on that material. And, and it, it goes so deep that we don't believe what we think we believe. That's the major problem. We don't believe what we think we believe. So we have to bring to the surface those stars so that we can see what is actually influencing what we're creating and manifesting. That's why it's so important to know what those scars are. Does that make sense? Did that make sense there? Or did I just go through an entire novel and... uh, (laughs) Because I know not it's in an, my head. I just want to make sure I clarify this right. Not a novel, but you put on a, a one-man workshop, which is great, to get that out there, there because go. people, that when it comes to scars, those emotional scars are the ones that don't show the same way that a physical scar will, but they're oftentimes more painful and more lingering. That's the big problem with scars, so to speak as I see it, because the kind of thing that that pertained in your childhood, maybe you were bullied. I know you experienced that. I got some of that myself. I was always one of the tallest kids in class and the scrawniest there because I just didn't weigh a whole lot. That took later a lot of time. And later on, then I had to start dieting there. But if you are bullied for some reason or you have a poor self-image, those are the scars that are more difficult to heal if you aren't eventually in a place where you grant yourself a kind of clemency, it seems to me, Vincent, where you decide that you are lovable unconditionally so, even if you're the only one saying it. You're absolutely right. And Gary, the problem with that, though, is the majority of people in the world don't even know about their scars anymore. Because what happens is, and again, this is in my program, we harbor our first set of beliefs in a different section of the mind that I call the environmental-made mind. And I call it the environmental-made mind because as a child, we absorb everything, and we're not responsible for our own belief systems back then because we're not mature enough to form any. We just interpret the messages that come in, and if we get negative messages from the environment, we start having, having negative self-beliefs. Well, the reason why I say it's in a different portion of the mind is in the unconscious or what Carl Jung called the collective unconscious or superconscious mind, that's where your soul's mind resides. That's where the real truth about our magnificence and divinity and connection to spirit is. It's in that unconscious, superconscious mind. So then, because oil and vinegar don't mix, so good and bad thoughts of self don't mix, 
the negative messages are now created at another level of the mind, just above it. And, and we no longer see the truth. We no longer see that we're magnificent. All we're paying attention to is I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable enough, I'm not smart enough. So I call them the I'm nots that are in that mind. Okay, so that's what goes on while we're young, all right? As we get older, because the two highest functions of the brain are, one, to keep us alive, two, to protect us in order to keep us alive. Well, that protection works both in a physical sense and in an emotional sense. Physically, we understand that. For example, you get a bug or a flu, your temperature raises inside your body. Well, your brain is doing that intentionally to make the environment unlivable for the virus. It's not paying attention to the fact that the fever and the temperature is also very uncomfortable and can also harm us. Nope, its first order is protect us against the virus. So the, the temperature goes up. Or if you're lacking oxygen, vital oxygen, we can die from the lack of oxygen. You don't pass out because you lack oxygen. You're actually passing out because your brain is doing that to intentionally make you lay flat on the ground. Everybody who passes out falls to the ground. So you can get more oxygen into your body when you're laying flat and unconscious, right? But it doesn't pay attention to the fact that as you're passing out, you may hit the coffee table on the way down and, and hit your head, right? It's not paying attention to that. It needs to get oxygen. Well, what does it do when you have emotional pain? The exact same thing. It will create now a protective mechanism, which is a different belief. It will create a false set of beliefs to shield you and protect you from the first set of beliefs. So instead of dealing with I'm not good enough, it'll create the belief as an adult, oh, my boss is real stupid, and that's the reason why I never get a promotion or a raise. Or my next-door neighbor is the reason why I can't be happy in my home because of all the noise and all the animals he has in his yard. Or anything. We, we, we will blame and create all different types of defense mechanisms. As a matter of fact, um, Freud came up with ten different ones. Um, including repression, regression, uh, projection, intellectualization, rationalization, all of those things, denial. We create new beliefs and understandings. Our prejudices are created in the adult-made mind with the defense mechanism. So, therefore, we don't even get to see those scars anymore. And that's where the problem lies because then we don't know what we need to heal. You cannot heal what you don't see. So going back to Suzanne's first question, is it's so vital. Freud had the correct idea about a psychoanalytical work, and he was talking about childhood work. However, in the work I do, you don't have to rehash every single memory. What you do want to bring to the surface is what are those scars you may be harboring? What about, you know, your past that has created them because they're certainly influencing your life as an adult? And that's what winds up happening and why it's, it's absolutely vital. I actually tell people, I have one. My, my major scar is I'm not good enough. Um, or the way I was treated from being picked on in school 
from the way my parents abused me, even hearing my my mother turn around and say, well, you're not going to amount to anything because you're not good enough, that's stuck in my mind. And it's a scar. And no matter how much work that that created, and I've done really well. I'm a spiritual teacher. I am today, and I'm very proud of the work that I do and the help that I give others. But little Vinny keeps wanting to pop up and say, oh, you're not good enough. But I've done 36 years of work to make sure I hear him. And so it begs the question, why do you need to hear that in a voice? Right? Why do you need to hear That would be my next answer to that question. And more to talk about then, right? Do you want to know why? Yes. You're on a roll. Go for it, man. (laughs) Right. Okay. Why do I need to hear that in a voice? Because now let's go back to the fact that we're spiritual beings. If you allow that inner voice to say, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, that is what's influencing your manifesting power. So, so here, let's just get a whole scenario. You, you're a young adult or you're anywhere in your life and you want a partner. You know, I want a lover. I deserve a lover. You know, we all want to feel that way. Oh, I deserve a good partner, somebody who loves me. I'm, I'm good enough, right? And so you're starting the energy flow because we're, everything is about energy. And that's who we are. That's what we're made of. So the energy starts to get mustered up within you. But before it's released from you... Your inner child, your inner voice, the scar, turns around without you knowing it, this is all unconscious, and says, oh, but you're not good enough, you're not lovable, you're not going to get anybody worth it, watch, and even if you do, it's going to end. Now that energy is released into the universe, and like attracts like, so therefore you are going to attract somebody with almost the same inner feeling. And so, no, those two energies come together. Oh, they happen to meet. Oh, we're in Whole Foods squeezing melons, and I'm right next to you. Oh, we meet. Fabulous. Or at a restaurant, or a friend introduces us, or from a computer. It doesn't make a difference. You're still attracting that. And now you're, you're, you know, the courtship phase, everything is fine in the beginning, and everything is wonderful, and maybe the first year, and maybe the second year, and maybe you decide you're going to get married. Okay. But that inner voice is waiting for the shoe to drop, and it does. And now all of a sudden people are acting differently or you're sabotaging it unconsciously all because that's exactly what you expect to happen. But you're not consciously aware of that because 95 to 98 percent of the mind is in unconscious awareness. So then you're left with, oh, see, this is another relationship that's broken up. Oh, my gosh. And that compounds and, and exacerbates the feeling I'm not lovable. And so the same thing happens over and over again. It's not going to stop until you bring to the surface what you're really believing about yourself because of those scars. That's it. I got it. Right? And and that's why we should be remembering our scars because those scars would be the portals to our healing. Totally. And what are they saying instead i'm really a rare breed here okay i'm the black duck duckling in the 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 school of swans there because i'm the one turning around and saying don't forget your past you don't want to forget your past that is the most ridiculous thing i hear therapists spiritual 
coaches, luminaries, anybody turn around and say is don't look behind you. Don't look well for more than one reason. You need to look behind you because if you don't see where you came from, you'll never see where you are. Okay, you're always looking ahead to see where you're not, and so looking behind you helps you. You don't have to repeat your story over and over and over again, but to getting your past is actually easier to amputate your arm than it is to amputate your past. Your past is with you. It's ingrained in you. It's the scars of you. You're carrying it with you, and if you're not giving it any attention, it's controlling your life. Even without it, you do not have to keep telling the story in order for your story to be affecting your life. But the example I just gave you is all done unconsciously. Yes, we know the people who are constantly dwelling in their past story, right? We hear them. But you know what? They're to let us know we're dwelling in it, too. But we're not doing it consciously where they are. So everybody is affected by their past. And you cannot get over it. And, and, and even the scars... You feel what this star is causing, but unfortunately, Suzanne and Gary, you never get rid of this star each lifetime. And maybe we've set it up that way for some odd reason. Like we always need the carrot dangling in front of us to motivate us to constantly move forward. So we have to constantly have some negative reminder to make us do that. I don't know, but the scar is a scar. That's the whole point of it. It's a scar, and it stays with us until we leave this lifetime. And so we have to be on top of it constantly, but we have to heal then what the scar is causing. So it is constant work, and, and, and people have a hard time believing that. Oh, I've done, I get people on the phone with me all the time, right? And I'm pointing out what they need to pay attention to, and they go, oh, my God, I spent the past 20 years going to a therapist working on all of that. Are you telling me I still have to do it? I'm going, no, honey, listen, listen. Work on the issues, and that's what got you so far. Oh, my gosh, if you didn't do any work at all, you wouldn't even be up to this part. But you're asking me how to get to the higher level. What I'm talking about is to help people get going past that last feeling. You can go beyond the feeling that you create for yourself. And it does take more work. And I'm saying now you just have to pay attention to the scar. You've taken care of the issue, but you must pay attention to the scar. Otherwise, the scar is going to control your life. It is. And you always, when the scar is inflamed, you guys know that, right? You always can tell when a button is pushed and the scar is inflamed, yes. right? You get upset about something, and when you think about it, it brings you all the way back to the past, right? You guys done that, or am I the only one who does that? <laughs> I think everyone does that. Everyone, yeah. Right, of but, course. So so how do you say that I can cut that off and forget it? <laughs> right? That's, that is what we want to take up on the other side of a break because there are questions about this question of scars and our past and how do we deal with it or do we deal with it. A lot of people spend a lot of time and energy running away from their past and the past keeps following them, keeping pace. And so that's something more to discuss in addition to which, and Suzanne will bring us back after the break, we want to be able to tell our Seattle listeners, all of you out there in gorgeous Puget Sound, about the opportunity you will have to get up close and personal with Vincent Jenna, 
very soon. He'll have the details about that on the other side of a short break. We're talking about life and how it got that way, scars and all, with our good friend Vince and Jenna. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. You are tuned in to Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to manceandmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. Friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is ManceAndMitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. This is the story of a very special woman. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician or an entrepreneur. Her knowledge was limitless and still is. She could also make monsters disappear, especially those that lurked in the shadows under the bed. Once, this woman put back together a teenage girl's broken heart, which had been shattered in a thousand pieces just by giving her a bear hug. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. A public service announcement brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell, and thank you, Don McLean, for Starry Night. All about Vincent, and we are all about Vincent Jenna. Vincent, now is the time. We need to tell people when you are going to be in Seattle, where you are going to be in Seattle, and how people can see you and meet you. Oh, my gosh. I am so excited about coming to Seattle, uh, Suzanne. It's, you know, it was a wonderful invite. I am going to be at the East West Bookshop. And that is going to be July 19th, 20th, and 21st. And on the 19th, the evening of the 19th, that's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, on Friday evening, I'm doing my mediumship connections, you know, connecting with spirit on the other side, getting people to speak with deceased loved ones. And one of the things that I pride myself on and why I even went to Arthur Finley in England is because... I want to bring spirit as much alive for people that attend as possible. And I get to. I, I get to, to relay that sense of feeling 
besides getting evidence, uh, evidence I'm an evidential medium. Um, I want their emotions, what they're thinking, to be able to be shared with the person that I'm making the connection for. And then what's wonderful about it is, obviously, I can't do 30 or 40 connections, but any of the connections that I make for one person, it always brings in a message for everyone else who's attending. So it is fantastic, whether it be grandma or or, or deceased uh, spouse or even a child. Um, And no matter what the level was in passing, I wind up getting them in. So it's going to be a very exciting evening from 7 until 9 o'clock on Friday night. Then Saturday during the day, I constantly, you know, get pleaded with to teach people how to open up their mediumship abilities and their psychic abilities. And so Saturday, um, from 10 to 1, I believe it is, I'm going to be teaching people. And anybody can learn, and it doesn't make a difference what level of experience you have, from nothing to most experience. Um, Again, the type of information and the way I teach absolutely brings people to a different experience, and people will experience and experience things they've never experienced before. So that is on Saturday morning and then Saturday afternoon and all day Sunday. I'm doing private readings for people. And all they have to do is either go to my website at vincentjenna.com with a G-E-N-N-A or go to eastwestbookshop.org and they can sign up there. And it's fun. I, I heard that it's really filling up. So it would be a great idea for people to get to that now. Uh, so that's thrilling me. I can't wait to come there. I just I, I love the idea of going to Seattle. Well, that's great. And you also gave out the spelling of your last name for your website, which is Vincent Jenna, and Jenna is G-E-N-N-A. Now, for the other part of this, you're you're filling up in Seattle for your private readings, and we intend to have you completely filled up by next weekend. How can we help him do that, Gary? We have asked and Vincent graciously accepted an invitation from us to be on the Manson Mitchell show very soon after this appearance. It'll be a week from tomorrow. Okay, so you tune in and our Friday and Saturday listeners, there may be some overlap. There may be some who listen to one more than the other, but it's pretty close to 100 percent from what I'm told that our Friday folks are also our Saturday folks. We're grateful for that. And it allows us to bring Vincent Jenna back a week from tomorrow. And when he is on the show, after a a little scrimmage there, we'll take up a, a, a minor topic to just warm things up. And then he's going to devote the rest of the hour to giving messages to you. So today's an interview. A week from tomorrow, we're going to have Vincent back, and you will be able to get spirit messages of the sort that have brought him international acclaim. And he just loves to get on the radio. Frankly, Vincent, I don't know how you mediums are able to work a platform where you're right there in the presence of people. Or maybe you're one-on-one, and then you get on the radio and spirit, and I know they're eager, our loved ones on the other side, to get through. Maybe that explains it. But when you're talking on the radio, there doesn't seem to be any drop-off of quality in the messages that you deliver. Well, thank you for saying that, Gary. And and for the most part, everybody has to understand that you do not carry your messages, and you personally, your body is not the physical link 
to either the psychic world and dimension or the mediumship spirit world. It's, it's another dimension that we're all connected to. So whether you're in front of me or whether we're on the phone or I'm on the radio with you, I'm still going to the exact place every single time to make those connections and to receive those messages. And um, and I do want to say for all the listeners is why um, I'm unique in the way I deliver the messages because you got to understand, if I have a psychological background, right, I have that psychotherapist care, I want to present healing, unblocking messages to people. I want transformational messages. And that's the arrangement that I have. And I get hundreds of people trying to call me, especially when I'm on a radio line. I mean, if you have 20 lines, you know, next week you're going to get 20 phone callers on there because they all want the same thing. They all want guidance as to how to unblock their lives, how to make their, their romantic life better, their financial life better, their career better, their health better. Everybody asks the same thing, and that's the depth of the psyche I go. Whereas a lot of other psychic mediums are not trained in the psychology of the mind, so they don't open that can of worms, that proverbial Pandora's box. I not only open it, I'm there with you while everything is coming out, and then I'm helping you heal it and resolve it at the same time. So usually, any reading with me turns out to be 12 years of full therapy, and I don't even charge that much for it. I should, I could. 12 years of therapy would make that get me a house at least. Right. Right. <laughs> well, the fact is, Vincent Jenna loses money on every reading he does, but he makes it up in volume. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. No, seriously, in all seriousness, my care is to transform lives. Because I was so tormented in my youth, um, Gary and, and Suzanne, and I know what it's like to have your self-esteem and self-belief torn away from you. Um, and right. so many people in their stories know the exact same thing. So my goal in life, completely, the thing that motivates me the most is empowering people to believe in themselves. And I'll give them every tool I can, and I'll work really hard. I usually can get off the phone or, or leave an event exhausted emotionally because I've helped so many people break through. I won't stop until I help you break through what you're resisting the most. And, and I always get people saying that was the most powerful experience I had, and I'm thrilled with that. I'm thrilled with the fact that they will do the work because I, I do it with love and, and, and uh, sincerity, and people see that, and I just love helping people transform their lives into what they want. And I get... I get that response all the time. So at any of my events, that's what I'm constantly shooting for. And, and that's what people want. They need it now, right? They need it now. It's going crazy out there. You said something very important right there, uh, Vincent, and that was that you're there as people are transforming their lives. One of the things that was on my mind to um, mention with you is that the body heals itself. If you have a, a cut or a bruise or something that is happening, you give it the, the amount of time that it takes, the body will always heal itself. 
And I think a lot of that goes on in the scars that you don't see so much, those mental and emotional scars, but they too can heal themselves. And so when you say people will transform their lives, I like how you how you say that because they you give them the opportunity to do that in your presence you have a perspective that they don't have you can see somebody's magnificence and their wholeness that in that moment they may not be able to see but as you reveal that to them that gives them the opportunity to heal Gary and I each have had those healing messages from very good evidential mediums where it's like uh, years of resistance or upset or whatever just kind of falls away at that point. And so I I wanted to, uh, to say that there's a lot of healing that goes on in your presence, and it's a good idea for people to plan to go to East West Bookshop uh, July 19 to 21, because there's uh, there's going to be a lot of good work happening at that time. East West is such a mecca for metaphysicians anyway, Vincent. Have you ever been before? No, that's going to be my first time because it's my first time to Seattle, too. So that's why I'm also excited. It's just such a fabulous opportunity. And like you said, um, there's so many people that go there because all they care about is their spiritual journey and growth and transformation, um, which is what I always tell people to do. And they ask me, so how do I become more spiritual? How do I live a high vibrational life and evolve? That well, you've got to participate. You've got to participate in your life. You've got to read the right books. You've got to expand your belief systems. You've got to attend workshops, come to events like this, because it gives you the opportunity. And, again, you did it so beautifully. Thank you so much. Um, That's exactly what I want people to know about my work. I am not feeding you anything new. I am not the healer, okay? I may be a catalyst for your own healing, but you know what God said in the Bible? Actually, Jesus said, one man can save a nation. And what did he mean by that? There's a whole parable story about that concept. What he mean, meant, really meant by that is it takes one person to believe in you. And in that person believing you in you and reflecting back to you who you are, you get to see that magnificence. You get to see your own divinity. And it's in seeing it that the healing begins to take place, and your body heals itself, your emotions can heal itself. The only thing that can stop all automatic healing, and that's including your body healing, is your conscious mind and your unconscious hidden belief. That's the stuff that gets in the way of everything that can possibly happen, because we are unlimited divine beings. And so, yes, all of that healing is supposed to occur. So by reflecting back to people who they really are, it's an unbelievable feeling. Now, we talk about, I'm talking about Jesus, and I'm not talking about him in a religious way. I'm talking about him in a perfect example of who he was. Why did people become healed when Jesus touched them? It had nothing to do with Jesus' touch. 
He said it himself. It's your faith. His belief in them, his belief that they could heal themselves, allowed them to believe the same thing. And the moment they did, they healed. So when people leave my event and they tell me things like, I saw nothing but love coming from your heart. I felt God in my own heart. I felt the possibility of me being that divine. Then I know I did the right work. I'm a mirror, and I have to bypass all of their filters, all of their scars, all of their negativity, and I get below the adult-made mind, the the environmental-made mind, right down to the soul's mind, and I reflect back to them their own divinity. And when they see that, it is unbelievably transforming. And, and that, that beats me to see my brothers and sisters finally get to see who they really are. And there's where the healing lies, exactly what you just said. We can heal ourselves just as long as we believe in it. And if one person can help you believe in it, in you and yourself, then that's my work. That's what I'll do. And, and you this know, on the other side, they have scars, too, by the way. They, they're well, that's just scars. it. We, yeah. we, all, we all have a history. In fact, there is, um, there is a noted, very well-appreciated medium in the Puget Sound area who once told me, when you come back, which presupposes reincarnation, to which she subscribed, she said, when you come back, you're picking up where you left off. And I allowed for a healthy skepticism on that because I don't know one way or the other. I'm hopeful about reincarnation because I'd like another turn at bat. I'm just that way. We tend to be aspirational about reincarnation in the Western world. In the Eastern world, it's more like, I have to go through this again. There been yeah, in the Western I world, know. I'm going to be the next Mickey Mantle. I'm going to get elected president. I'm going to be chef of the year or whatever our ambitions are. But when she told me that we pick up where we left off, it made a certain sense to me because soul growth is that is that the root of it all. You only get so far that if you haven't dealt with the scars or whatever caused those, if you haven't resolved issues, and if reincarnation is really how it works, you're going to get the opportunity to deal with those issues and those themes of life until you get them right. Funny that you say that, because you're absolutely right. That is the current attitude of the soul. However, it's an attitude I'm trying to eliminate. Because here's the other side of that. Yes, we do choose to pick up where we left off, but what you don't understand is because we come down here and we forget the past, we may be picking it up, but not only are we at risk of repeating the same pattern, we're also at risk of making it worse. Because we don't hold in our heart the concept of restitution. We hold in our heart the concept of retribution. And we see it in our judicial system. We see it in our government. We see it in our own families, right? As soon as a child does something wrong, it must be punished. As soon as an adult does some crime, 
he or she must be punished. So what do you think we're going to do to ourselves if we feel we've done something wrong in a past life and we want to pick up where we left off and make up for it? We have the chance of punishing ourselves as well because the concept of retribution. Restitution and mercy allows us to say, hey, you know what? Oof, that was a real uh, dumb thing to do in that past life. I uh, I definitely am sorry about that. Yep. You know, getting in the car after I'm drinking, that was really bad. Wiped out that entire family. Oh, hey, guys, I am so sorry for that. I will never do that again. I am not going down there to repeat that. That's And in that sorrow and in that knowing and admission that that was, that's all you need. That is all you need. You never have to correct anything. Matter of fact, there is nothing to complete. There is nothing to complete. We are already. The only reason why we come down here is to find that out. Right? And we don't have to come down here to find that out. We got caught up in the earth, Gary. I don't now I have a belief we weren't even meant to physically incarnate here. Give you an example. Have you guys been to Disney World at all? Either one of Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. Many a times. A few dozen times. Isn't it, a, isn't it a wonderful vacation spot? Yep. Yes. Oh, have you ever decided to move into Disney World? Yes. <laughs> they wouldn't let us. <laughs> they won't let you. you. Nobody would move to Disney World. They want to visit it, right? Well, that's what the Earth was meant to do. It was supposed to be a Disney World that we came down to discover ourselves, but we actually were never meant to move here. The moment we did, we created karma. And the moment we created karma, we felt the need to fix it. And so now, every time we go back to the other side, see, unfortunately, think of life here. Just think. Think of the parenting. Think of the mistakes we've made. We go back to the other side. Everybody wants to think. Once you get to the other side, everything is hunky-dory, and you can forget everything. Uh-uh. The kingdom of God is within you. It is not a place. Don't look for it to be a place. If you're not going to make heaven here, you're not going to make heaven there. And so you're on the other side, wondering and looking back, what the regrets you have over here. And so you have to keep coming back with them because the one thing, the one rule of the universe is if we're all going to get together and be one and experience ourselves and each other, we better not be harboring any horrible feelings. Because you're going to be sharing that with everybody else. Until you can eliminate all of those, the guilt, the resentment, the the fear, the frustration, you're going to have to do whatever you need to do. And so we keep thinking we're coming back here. In the book of Revelation, it even states, God states, eventually my children will overcome the earth. And what it means by that is we won't need to incarnate again, to get it right. Right? Once we believe we're God, divine beings, we're in a perfect state of mind or a better state of mind, and we can evolve even more. And so, like, I'm, I'm, I know I'm done. I will not be coming back again. I'm going to do my work on the other side for those that are still here. I'm doing all my work now. 
I feel very, very blessed with how my life has gone. Um, I'm sad the way life is going on this right now. I think we have a better chance of fixing it from the other side than being down here and going through this experience again. You keep making lower choices because you keep trying to fix things. Right? And so how many times do we try to make fix a repair and we actually make the damage worse? Right? Instead of calling the repairman. Hey, can we get a repairman here? You know, uh, that's definitely, you know, one of my issues. I always thought that I could repair everything in my house, and, and, and sometimes I definitely made it worse. So but so, that idea, do you get, do you get where I'm coming from with that concept of reincarnation? I do get it, and I hope there's a choice in the matter because I'm looking at it from the obverse, you could say. If that's your choice and you're going to help people from the other side, I have no doubt about your ability to do so. But I really am kind of itching to come back there. I, I want to try different things. I want a chance to do the things that I didn't allow myself to do in this incarnation because I was forever, for any number of reasons, holding myself back. What if I really cut loose? Oh, what that. if I what if I were free and yet still in the body with its limitations? What could I do better? What could I do more of next time? And that's my ambition. Oh, I, I get that, Gary. But think about this for a moment. That's your ambition while you have that awareness here. How did you know that that wasn't your original ambition when you first came down here? And because we forget what our plan is, and we wind up getting caught up in our story that it was stopped because you wouldn't have had these ambitions if it didn't happen already. You, you know what, Vincent? Vincent? We'll take that up next that time. That is exactly where we'll go when we pick up this conversation before you give spirit messages on Saturday, July 13, 10 a.m. Pacific. We will so much enjoy having you back. Thanks for being with us today on your 4th of July holiday, Vincent. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you right. in about eight days. Absolutely. Thank you, for guys, for having me, as always. I love you. God bless you all. And God bless you, too. Stay tuned for Christine Upchurch, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience, and then American Road Trip Talk, hosted by Gary Mance. And we hope this is very much a great July 4th weekend underway for you already. We'll talk to you soon, everyone. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.